Hello everyone and welcome to the FM show. On this week's episode, we get philosophical. How do you instill your philosophy on a new club? Is it the same wherever you go? Or do you adapt to what's in front of you? Let's get started. Welcome to the FM show. I'm Tony Jameson and joining me as always is RDF Tactics and producer Steve. Aaron, Steve, how are we? Well, um, Aaron is doing fine. But RDF Tactics, well, he's a little bit heartbroken. Football manager has left RDF a bit broken at the moment, but hoping RDF recovers. But me, Aaron, I'm doing fine at the moment. I like I like the fact you've managed to differentiate those two characters from the start. I go, right, listen, right, we're going to break the wall right now, okay? And you've instantly decided, right, here's the truth. Okay, so let's, let's, let's get to the bottom of this then. What's wrong in the world of RDF? Uh... It's that thing where things are going perfect one minute and then things just start crumbling the next. <laughs> I lost one game and then all of a sudden you, should, you can't even score a goal at the moment. So yeah, that's that's what's happening at the moment. Oh, we're if, back into RDF's troubles. Are we? Yeah. I, I lost, a game. The I lost a game last week. Oh, <laughs> dreadful. We're scoring the woodwork. I could have sworn, Aaron, I saw you posting on social media this week about winning the title in Romania. Exactly. And then things just crumble. Things got, okay. But I've got this thing, I've, I think we, we explained before about this, this perfect thing that I love, perfection, I just love perfection. If I win uh-huh. it once, then I believe I should be the favourite and win it every year after that. That's, that's I don't know. Mm. It's probably not nice, but it's, <laughs> at the same time, sometimes I do feel that's why I do well. Not accepting a loss, I just, I can't, I can't. I would hate to play for you. I really <laughs> I literally released my goalkeeper because yeah. he let one. I was like, if you let, if you let another shot on target in, I'm selling you. And then I tried to offer him out. Nobody wanted him. Straight release. I've had enough. I've had enough. Oh, sorry. <laughs> offering him out, you mean you sold him, not because offering out can even buy something. No one, nobody wanted him. No, no, no biz came in. So I'm like, I'm just going to take a complete loss and just, I just released him. Literally just press release. I was in that moment where I've lost, I'd have, He's just conceding every shot on target. So I got, I ran out, I ran out of patience. It got to the end of the game. I released him. But then you get that little thing and like two seconds later, that like, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> probably should have done that. <laughs> probably should have done that. And I'm Listen live. To so that, I can't Aaron. Stay. Listen to that, Aaron. <laughs> I can't load it back again because I'm live. <laughs> I've, just, I've, just, I've, just got, I've just got visions. I've got visions of like, of RDF's team bus leaving with the goalkeeper just stood at the stadium just like, see ya, bye. Literally, if you're, if you're my team and we're winning, it's literally the best place for you to be. But if we're losing, it's, yeah, it's just don't be around. Don't be around. Wow, or don't mess up. This, this sounds <laughs> stressful, doesn't it? Like if you're not if you're not the invincibles, then you're getting sold. <laughs> this is <laughs> oh, this is pressure, Steve. Pressure. Life's not the same for you in Florence. Is it? <laughs> things must be must be. A, I'm presuming things are calmer in in producer yeah. Steve's world. When I did, as we discussed in the last episode, have a bit of a run, two defeats in a row, including to bottom of the table, Crotone. Um, after that game, actually, and after the, that episode, I then very much got um, out past and out technically done by Sassuolo uh, mm-hmm. in the next game, which was quite a chasing moment because 
the passing football technical ability is a real part of the, you know, Steve Ball, Hanky Ball, whatever you want to call it, DNA. So it was very, and Sassuolo just had us. You know, you play some games, yeah. you're like passing and controlling the possession is what we do. They're just doing it better mm-hmm. than us. So that was very chastening. Um, however, beyond that, I did take advice as as uh, we spoke about it with regards to chance conversion, finishing mm-hmm. improvement, set pieces, looking at them both in defending set pieces, but also delivery. So two Ooh. things in that within training in your set piece section, you've obviously got your red things that you can change in your set piece training. Yeah. Uh, defending <laughs> is, is one option doing offensive practice too, but you can also practice your, get your set piece takers to just focus on the delivery, just do a session on that. So I was like, yes. hmm, interesting. Okay. Did that coupled with going through my takers again, because if you do a long save, if you, if you, you know, Tony, if you establish a dynasty mm-hmm. and you, uh, <laughs> And you've not released everyone because you can see the shot on target, you know. <laughs> you know, you kind of the stuff to do, like you know, so your players do change through, but you don't necessarily always it's like that dusty cupboard in the corner of the kitchen that you don't necessarily always go through. Sometimes you need to declutter, <laughs> rearrange. It's a bit like that for set pieces sometimes, right? So mm. gone through and I've changed, gone through and realized I've got some really good set piece new set piece takers, Julian Alvarez, for example. So I've got mm. him taking all of them on one size, Sergio Gomez, my left back taking them on the other coupled with delivery training now my set pieces are looking a lot sharper than they were before to the point where my next game was inter who have been our title scudetto rivals in this season mm-hmm. one on 3-1 one was on the counter attack and the final pierce of the cherry on the cake was a two on the counter the counter attack sorry third goal was a corner in nine minutes direct corner mm-hmm. so it makes a difference you know if i hadn't made those changes yeah holistically just, around yeah. being more potent around set pieces as well as defending them better yeah you wouldn't have got a goal and there wouldn't be you know you can have an underlying way of playing mm-hmm. but just do everything just do everything anyway that's so my week has been a lot better actually <laughs> i like that i like that and then you know what that that's proof though that that you know no matter how much we play the game you can always learn something, can't you? Like, and you can take something away from the podcast. But I've not, I've not thought of that. Actually, yeah, I'm, going to want, sure. I'm going to instill that. Like, I've, I've had a, a reasonable week as well. I, I was on a bit of a precipice with, uh, with Leeds uh, in, in my, in my current save at the minute. We've, we've overachieved last year and got to the Champions League uh, by finishing fifth because the Champions League format changes in the future. Um, so we have got the Champions League, and I was going, oh, this is, this is pretty good. Uh, started. Um, really badly in season two despite despite bringing in much much better players the players are taking a bit of the time to gel uh so our form has slumped to see us 15th after about 11 games but uh but we have picked up we have picked up we've won uh we won six on the bounce now including a 10-1 win in europe Oof. so uh with 10 wow. men as well i add so um yeah so we're going to start talking about uh a few things that will reference what we've just chatted about uh at the start of the show there as we keep going through now we will of course talk about last week's episode obviously all about transfers we've just touched upon there and um, as as always lovely lovely comments uh from <laughs> listeners about not just last week's show but other shows as well that we've done steve uh so for example why always ct on spotify has left a lovely comment here that says really enjoyed this i'm a football manager console player and don't go into depth as much as most pc gamers Overall, fantastic stuff, lads. Hope there's lots more to come. And you know what? Why always? There is loads more to come. Thank you for your comment. Yes, we also have a comment from Grizzly Wild as well. 
he left a comment relating to episode one and what they do with preseason. So his preseason or their preseason schedule, I always go for a heavy, always go for heavy to get them fitter right away. The harder I work players preseason, the less rest they need during the season. They can do more tactical skill work during the season instead of being sat on their bums between the games, but might get two or three uh, muscle pulls in an intense preseason. But generally, the fitness levels remain good for the whole season. Six games is ideal, and I managed them all to make sure every player gets the required minutes. There you go. Nice overlapping with a lot of things that we were saying too as well, which shows that it yeah. wasn't just what we reckon other people do similar as well. And actually, yeah. in the context of you know hitting heavy physically, to, to the only consequence being minor couple of day muscle pulls versus longer injuries is yeah. good. It's good. So um, thank you for that. So in Discord, SC242424, that's 24 three times, not 24, 24 <laughs> times, thankfully. Um, that's just a lovely message. And it was another good episode. Glad that you guys are back and that the hiatus was far too long. It's very kind. Thank you. When I'm at a club that's hopefully uh, on the rise, uh, put a good chunk of the fee as payable after 50 league games. So this is in context of transfers that we were talking about previous episodes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the transfer fee, we mentioned that the clauses you can add fee after 50 league games big chunk of it, it you know it's because if the player has developed there's a good chance will be in a top division or europe so should then be able to afford that <laughs> uh if they haven't then i'll sell him before he gets to any more than 49 games so that obviously is the risk <laughs> if you're an upwardly mm-hmm. mobile and want to be an upwardly mobile club you can slightly promise for a financial future that you may or may not have the obvious percentage <laughs> downside of that is you've got an in, in, indispensable player who mm-hmm. you're now like I can't use him. Can't use him because we can't afford to. So that is the risk <laughs> yeah. of it. But, you know, fundamentally, the, the clauses thing is that kind of... Yeah. I mentioned it with goals in the last episode. If you're, if you're promising four or five million after 20 goals, I imagine if a striker's getting you or a player's getting you 20 goals, that's probably going to be... I mean, you're doing all right, which is probably going to be worth the four or five million to get those goals from elsewhere. So it is a really useful... Um, way of spreading out the transfer cost rather than just going here's 25 million cash no questions asked you know so thank you for that sc 20 sc 24 24 24 absolutely um now kevin v90nl uh has got in touch on discord saying lovely episode again lads perfecting transfers is a thing of history for me now since i play the game in the way i like a head coach does Okay, so head coach style football rather than being hands-on. So I only set desired transfer targets, but from there on, it's all up to my director of football if the transfers and contracts are being realised or that I have to deal with some minor setbacks in my planning. Love how this adds an extra layer of realism as to how IRL football actually works nowadays. The Sir Alex slash Wenger times of managing and deciding everything are a thing of the past now. Oh, sad, isn't it? To think that, you know, that that's, <laughs> it's all been and gone that I'm now a retro football manager, but I guess we, we kind of knew that, to be honest. But um, yes, you're right. Obviously, head coach uh, does do a lot less than, than a traditional manager, per se, and those director of football uh, saves are a thing that are definitely increasing in popularity. Yeah. So um, cracking work with that, Kevin. I do, of course, let us know how you get on towards the end of the season and does that approach work for you um 
Of course, if you do want to get in touch and send us a message like those, you can find us on the FM Show Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, you can come and join us on the Discord server with the link in the description of the podcast. Or if you want to send us an email, it's the FM Show Pod. That's the FM Show Pod at gmail.com. And of course, Remember, follow The FM Show wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that RSS feed points there. And if that's not enough, gentlemen, you can also support the podcast via Patreon, where you can sign up to be a member of The FM Show team, which gives you exclusive bonus content, early access to public episodes, and a private Discord channel, amongst other things. All of this from as little as £3 a month. To sign up, visit patreon.com forward slash the FM show pod and become a member just like Scott Lloyd did this week. Appreciate you, Scott. So that is the initial comments uh, read out. This episode, however, Steve, is inspired by an email that we received. It is indeed. It's inspired by one of you guys. Um, that's Joseph Beach. So thanks for emailing in, Joseph, to thefmshowpod at gmail.com, as you can all do. Um, <laughs> and Joseph says, hello, FM Show team. Hello, Joseph. I'm new to the podcast, but have been catching, but have been catching up slowly, uh, working my way through previous shows. My current save is Oldham in the conference. Now, when we were planning this, mm. it took me a second to be like, oh, Oldham are in the conference. My God, you know, it's funny how mm. these things catch up on you right so oldham in the conference uh in joseph's save currently sitting in the playoffs in the first season doing pretty well so that's you know that's that's good um mm. but i probably would be doing better if i hadn't given myself a rule for this save and that rule being use a target forward do you have any tactics or tips for using a target forward in the game there aren't many options online to help but the ultimate goal is to get the man the myth the legend Andy Carroll in my team and obviously eventual promotion to the Prem. Love the podcast guys. It really has helped my save out and you all seem like genuinely nice people. Much love Joe. Well then. I love that. That's a beautiful email. Thanks Joe. Um, I guess we'll deal with the initial query first, which is the use of target forwards specifically. And then after that, we'll talk about the wider topic which I suppose is regarding instilling a philosophy at the club. Um, do, of course, let us know if you instill any rules on your own saves <laughs> as well, because there is there is a level of enjoyment to be had with football managers, leaving it as it is and playing the game uh, there straight from the box. But there's also there's also a nice way in it of just adding little, little tweaks in there just to make it harder or make it more mm. challenging for yourself. So um, let's open this up. Steve, Aaron, I know that usually... Everyone's going to be going target forwards, right? Tony's going to start talking for the next hour. Um, I'm going to let you two. I'm going to let you two drive first of all. Um, so, uh, Aaron, we'll start with yourself there. Um, yeah, target forwards. Any specific tips? Uh, supply. Make sure the target mm-hmm. forward has supply, but also make sure the target forward can also supply it for others. So, a target forward. It depends that you've got two duties, right? Support, attack, support. You kind of want him to hold up and bring others in play. And then on an attack, you actually kind of want him to be a goal scorer. But a target forward, nonetheless, is always going to be looking 
to bring other players in. In Football Manager, on the tactics screen, so if you go tactics on the left, your uh, your assistant manager at the very start of the game will ask you to choose a tactical style to uh, start with. If you've got a pre-tactic before that, you can load that up. But we'll be looking at, just quickly, just quickly, we'll just look at wing play for an example. If I choose that formation, we could use a 4-2-2 or 4-3-3. It depends on you, but I would go for 4-4-2 personally because I just mentioned about the target forward bringing in other players. And it's a simply, you could just change, we've got DLF, we'll just change it to a target forward. And what we're looking at at the moment is a lot of supply from the wider areas. We've got wingers supplying the target forward on both flanks, but also up top, he's got someone that he can bring in, which is the advanced forward. So for me, when it comes to a target forward, I like to build around that target forward, make sure he's got a lot of supply, but also make sure he can bring other players in. Mm, okay, and it is about bringing the ball to the target forward, Steve. So, mm. I mean, we might be tempted to look at work the ball into the box, but let's face it, we want to be slunging those crosses in, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of interesting, really, in terms of, um, depends on the sort of game. I was thinking about it in terms of um, mentality switching, which is something we'll go into more detail mm. uh, yeah. on future episodes, I think, because it struck me that target four could be quite useful when you're on a cautious mentality, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. your out ball. So if you're needing yeah. to keep your defensive solidity and then relieve the pressure, this obviously, as we'll go on to in talking about philosophy, low technical ability is not top of my list in terms of the sort of player I would normally go for. However, I do have Lorenzo Luca on uh, my Fiorentina set currently. So he's like one of the archetypes for target forward, wonder kid type players. Yeah. The thing that is surprising about building your um, attack around a player like Luca or any sort of target forward could be Andy Carroll, for example, is how much <laughs> they can kind of be treated like a bit of a beefy playmaker, you know? Yeah. So on support mode, as Aaron was alluding to, they do drop in and they do offer the out ball. So if you've got players who have got good long range passing, for example, and can do a lovely diagonal, a lovely ball over the top 40, 50 yards, you've got a guy there that can then hold it up and bring in your wide players so obviously, as you guys have mentioned, flinging those crosses into the boxes, of course, that is one of the primary weapons. And as we were talking about um, the first section of the show, set pieces, I've, another goal I scored from set pieces, a corner mm-hmm. of the season was, of course, Lorenzo Luca, his first goal for us, of course. Last minute winner header, yeah. exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But bringing using the target forward to drop in, almost overlapping in what a deep lying forward might do, yeah. in some respects, to bring in your inside forwards or inverted wingers so that it drops down, they come in narrowly too, is another way of thinking about that player in that position. And that's the thing. I think you, you look at this sort of what you would view as a target forward and it's that big, strong number nine. That's what you've got in your yeah. head straight away, isn't it? So you're looking at the kind of attributes that you're going to need. So you're going to want things like jumping, jumping reach, straight away like you know you might want heading you want strength you know but you also want things like anticipation you know Mm -hmm. um you might want to look for player traits of you know holds the ball up comes deep to get the ball that could be depending on how you want to play you're saying there steve about being the out do you want comes deep to collect the ball and that's probably for a target forward on support if you're a target forward on attack then really you just want aggression. You want anticipation. You yeah, want exactly. uh, decision-making. Like You want to be getting them like, up and being the main guy, Aaron, right? It, yeah, exactly. He's going he's gonna to be the one that's leading your line, leading your line. And I was going to say, because I've also tested around the target forward as well, but 
I also tested and played with the uh, passing directness. And I felt that a target forward is actually still pretty effective if you're using shorter passing. What I did notice is mm. when my team moved into the final third, then they would often then look for the target forward. So we wasn't starting our attacks literally looking for the target forward. It was more so now we've approached our play because uh, passing directness is all about your approach play, how you're approaching towards the goal. So we still have we have our short play, but then once it gets into the final third, you will notice that actually a lot of your attacks is directed to that target forward. So still, even though you are using shorter passes, it's still very, very useful for your target forward to be able to be able to jump and head the ball because they mm. are still the focus of your attacks in that final third. Mm. I think also and again, as well, and this will come talk- onto it in terms of the wider philosophy too, the individual players you're looking at, especially yeah. if you're at the level of Oldham, right? players like that are going to have elite specific abilities for example finishing may not be one of them so Mm -hmm. you might want to think about the fact that you know your target forward or i think fridge freezer is how my uh, former tifo colleague jj (laughs) (laughs) they will have elite like top you know green 16 plus attributes in certain um respects or relative to the level that you're at but their finishing might be terrible so you might want to use that specific player in the assisting role if the exactly. finish is great, but their other stuff isn't that good, you might want to do what Aaron just suggested. And that and that that's exactly it. Like, like what are you using your target forward for? Are you using your target forward as your goal scorer? Then that means you're going to be target forward on attack and you are going to need finishing. Or yeah. if it's going to be the target forward is going to be the man who gets the supply, you can have target forward on support with an advanced forward next to him, you know, that you can bring the play in, you can yeah. you can aim, you, you can have your goalkeeper distribute the ball to the target forward. You can bypass the midfield. They're going to come deep. Or if you're playing them up top, maybe pair them with a the poacher possibly because then if, if he doesn't score, then you know what? Um, yeah. His little, little, little mate next yeah. to him, he might score. Around, so. yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, More man, big um, man. Yes. I mean, football was built on big man, little man, right? <laughs> <laughs> or if you're, an, if you're an FM23, big man and bigger man. That seems to be the way to <laughs> Yeah, that's the way. That's to the get way. it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, if, if, if anyone who's listening has had success with, with target forwards, um, do, of course, let us know. Or if you've, if you've, if you've struggled and, and you, you need yeah. a bit of help and these sorts of things have maybe sort of went, oh, God, of course, yeah, not thought of it that way. Um, yeah. You know, do, of course let us know um, or, or any suggestions of who might be a rather handy target forward in uh, the lower divisions. I will shout out one player because um, you know me, I tend not to play um, with, you know, above the leagues, really, these these Premier Leagues and all that sort of stuff, right? Uh, lower lower league, uh, a big shout out for Tom Bloxham, um, who I think starts at Shrewsbury. He's, uh, he's six foot five. He's uh, 19 or 20 at the start of the game. Um, Big, strong, centre-forward, target-forward-style player um, with a player trait of attempts overhead kicks. I am getting that guy in straight away. (laughs) uh, It would be funny, though. I'm whipping the crosses in for you to head the ball. You've got your target forward just overhead kick, overhead kick. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Heading is old school. Overhead kicks are the way to go, right? It's a new way. (laughs) It's a new way. We've got a live show coming up on Monday the 6th of November in Nottingham at the Canal House. It's part of the Nottingham Comedy Festival. If you're interested in coming to see the FM show live, seeing myself, seeing producer Steve, seeing RDF Tactics in person, then there's a ticket link in the description below. The tickets are priced at £5. 
come and see the show, come and hang out afterwards, we'll do a bit of a meet and greet, we'll do a bit of a chat, we'll talk FM, bring your stories, bring Matt Doughty if you can, but yeah, Monday the 6th of November, the Canal House in Nottingham, £5, ticket link in the description below, get your tickets, come and hang out, it's going to be fantastic. Okay, so Joe has, as we discussed there, decided that in his save, he's using a target forward, okay? Now, for us, I guess that sort of got our brains working towards philosophy and the idea that that's how he's building his team, that's how he's going to get all of them to play. Now, we chatted about this uh, a few weeks ago, ironically, Joe, about the idea of, of, of bringing our philosophy to certain sides uh, in FM. Obviously, we've already touched upon Aaron has to have the invincibles or or nothing. Um, Steve Steve has to be able to play in Florence. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of where we are, really. Um, and of course, me, I'm very much a case of, well, if you can get the day off work, you can be part of the team. Right? That's uh, how things are working. So, but you know what? Let's go a bit deeper. Let's go a bit deeper. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the philosophies. Okay. Um, Steve, I'm going to come to you mm. first of all now. Okay. So talk me through the philosophy that you have when you take on a new team, okay, say you're starting this new save, which is kind of the journey that we've got with the start of this this podcast uh, series right Mm. now. You're there. You've had a look around. You've obviously passed the interview. You're talking to everyone. Do you have an an idea in mind as to what you're going to want from these these, these these players that are in front of you, the club, like obviously the board have given you a certain vision that they Mm. want you to play towards. The fans have got their idea of how their football should be played but more importantly producer steve <laughs> has a vision of how football should be played well yeah absolutely and how should football be played steve? Uh, it should be you know as a doctrine and actually going back to our first episode of the new era when it comes to choosing the saves that you choose that philosophy the type of team that's already there is actually quite important so i'd already mm. select a team that has a high technical ability. It's going to play the ball on the ground a bit more than hoofing it long. I like it on the carpet. You know, I'm a, I'm from the Mm -hmm. Arsene Wenger school of football philosophy, essentially, (laughs) you know, like my technical football, quick combinations, triangles everywhere, that sort of stuff. What would be described more aesthetic, beautiful football than some of the more potentially Mm -hmm. unfairly disparagingly agricultural, long ball, physical stuff. You know, I sort of like that soft life passing sort of thing and um generally speaking it's built on a back four out of possession but then once you're into Mm -hmm. possession depending on the context that would change to either a back three with one of the fullbacks inverting to sort of add a double pivot in possession to the midfielder so you've got a in possession block of five and then you to push up one of the midfielders so you've got five and five basically or if I was being a bit more avant-garde, I would push up both my wing backs, have narrower forwards, so I'd end up with a box midfield. So four box, two centre backs, two midfielders. Part of that has mm-hmm. been influenced by the fact that the league you're playing in as well, so Serie A, there's a lot of teams that have the Catanacho chain, five defenders, two deep line midfielders. It's a real mess to get through. So that does mean that you would end up <laughs> trying to as many forwards as far up the pitch as you can. So, and within that versatility of the players that I buy is part of it too. So I'm, I am increasingly looking for players that can do multiple positions 
Um, so a game I played recently, actually, I had an anchor and then mm-hmm. two ball playing defenders, inverted wing, uh, fullback on defend. And those four players all swapped within those four roles mid game, in game, based on fitness, mm-hmm. based on one having a yellow card, so putting them slightly further out of the firing line, etc. So being able to do that, so versatility as a as a philosophy too, but within a very much a technical football paradigm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's very well thought out answer. More than I realize. Like that. Yeah. It's got my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but isn't it interesting though? Like, because when because we probably do just go like, oh yeah, like this is how I want to play the game, and it's yeah. only when you start explaining, it, you're like, oh, actually, I really do have a way of how I want yeah. this to be, mm. and how do I make this work in my save? Like, Aaron, I mean, I guess we, we give you <laughs> we give you the mic now, right? Mm. <laughs> talk to us, like, talk to us. Is every right? Okay, I'm gonna ask the elephant in the room first of all. Is, is every save got the same philosophy? <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm a bit like, losing actually, is not an option. I'm a bit like Steve. So I'm not. I'm not. So before it was always I, I like to play positive. It's always on the front foot, whether it's more direct hitting the teams with pace or if it's tiki taka ish, and then trying to overwhelm the opponents that way. But it's always been on the front foot, so it was always proactive rather than reactive. But the first thing when I go when I uh, look at my players at the club, at the new club, is similar. Are they versatile? That's literally one thing. Are they versatile? So my thing is like, when I'm in game, I don't like, it's very difficult to have two or three good right backs. Mm. So having a centre back, natural centre back that can just shift to a right back or a DM that's sitting on the bench but can also come in at right back because you're not always going to have, if, even if you have three right backs, it's not always going to be fit at all times. You're going to have parts of the season where you've only got one fit right back and then He's on a yellow card or something during the game. You need to take him off. And you've got that versatile player ready to come in and do a job. And that's, I really love that. They're kind of my weak link. So I don't really sell, I don't really sell players that are versatile. They might not be up there with the rest of the squad, but the first players that I really do look to sell are what those one dimensional sort of players that you can only do this. That doesn't fit what we're trying to do. You're gone and you can't really do anything else. Wherever, if you're a right back, a, a right back that's very defensive, but you can also play left back you actually will be helpful for us during the line, I feel. So that's my sort of thing. Uh, recently, I have discovered, though, I've gone back to all my saves. I have discovered, I love a Segundo Volante. Every, yeah. every team I've gone has got one. And it happens naturally. So I always have this DM, you have to defend. So if you're defending all the time, we need someone that can be that link. And you kind of really got two options, Volante or Roman Playmaker. And sometimes you don't have that Roman playmaker. It's very, very difficult to find a DM that can create, but also can defend at the same time. So I'll go for like a, a type of bully, a physical guy that can be a Segundo Volante and just bully their way through running forward. They're very good defensively, but going forward, they don't have to be great. They just use their physical attributes and just bully. <laughs> that's, well, my, that's my thing, yeah. Let's let's put a pin in that bit because it's very interesting you mentioned Segundo Volante. They will come on in the next part of, of the chat. I'm going to explain Ooh. my philosophy as well at this Ooh. point. Okay, now, most people obviously already sat on their sofas or in their cars or on their phones or wherever you're listening to the podcast going, right, Tony's going to tell us about how he can get the ball from the goalkeeper <laughs> to the big striker as quick as possible, right, on the muddy pitch that has just been driven over by a tractor, right? <laughs> well, you know what? Sit down, folks. Not actually true. Believe it or not. Okay. Um, Now, the reason, the reason, obviously, I hark back to the the good old days of of 90s football, right, is is that's obviously when I was growing up, okay? But if I'm looking to instill a philosophy 
on my sides these days. I'm not quite as as front foot football as, as Aaron. Yeah. I like possession. I like the football. I like to have a lot of the football. Okay. I like slow build up. I like to take my time. I like to look for space. I like to look for pockets. Um, I like to have those little triangles that Steve's talking about, not working the ball. I want to drag teams out of position and then play those little passes in behind. And that's when my quick players start to break through. So if I've got the ball, I like to retain it. And then when there's a space, we break quickly. That's what we do. And we get into those pockets. We get in behind. So we might sit slightly deeper than maybe we'd probably like to. Um, because again, I tend to play lower level teams or mid-range teams. I'm never yeah. the, I'm never I'm very rarely the favorite in a game. So I've got to be able to soak up pressure, right? And I've got to be able to sit with the ball. Because there's no point in me going flying out if I'm playing against the league champions, they're just gonna pick me off. So I've yeah. got to be comfortable taking a bit of time, going, right, we will get our chance. Don't worry, we will get our chance. We're gonna be okay. So we need some big, strong uh defenders. We need people who can jump, we need people who can be, be a bit mobile in defence because we don't want to be caught when the ball comes over the top. We love, you mentioned there, Aaron, a Segundo Valante. I love pairing them with an anchor or a halfback on yeah. FM23. Yeah. A halfback's great on, on this game. They'll drop into that back, those centre-backs. So if I'm playing a back four, all of a sudden I've got a back, a set, like three centre-backs because the halfback drops as well. Um, yeah. Again, big, strong, good jumping ability, anticipation. Because I kind of figured that you know, we want to be difficult to break down as well. The Segundo Valente, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that energy in midfield. But the target forward that Joe's mentioning, here's one for you, Joe. I know you've said you want target forward. Consider, potentially consider, a complete forward instead, yeah. right? Because what I've got, so I've got this philosophy here of explaining how I like football to be played. We went to Celtic, okay, and we had... Three centre-halves, we had no full-backs, right? So we had to make a three-at-the-back tactic. I've not really made a three-at-the-back tactic on FM23 this year, okay? But it turns out what I made really matched my philosophy of how we want to be playing football. Um, and it's the first time I've actually been the favourite in a league, okay? So we bought this guy, Chris Williams, he was called, okay? New gen, 21 years old from Dundee United, six foot six, jumping reach of 17, pace of 15, physically very strong, finishing about 14 or something. Um, now, he was advertised in-game as target forward on support. But I thought, he's a bit more mobile. Let's get him as a complete forward, right? And what he does was was he actually comes deep for the ball. He comes, he picks the ball up, uh, which allows the shadow striker to move into the position where he was. Yeah. Now, once he picks the ball up, my wingers go beyond the ball goes into the channels for them, and then he bombs to the back post to pick up whatever scraps is available. Now, in his in his first season at Celtic, he scored 28 goals, 35 assists in 52 games. So he's fine. He's fine. We we brought him to Leeds very quickly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, wow. And and like I've never seen a player move that way. And just when you yeah. watch a player in game, he just yeah. He, he embodied TJ yeah. Ball, which we'll start talking about our own tactics and stuff. And and yeah, he just embodied it. He got the idea of moving a lot, being physical, being pacey, holding the ball up, waiting. And then when you get a chance, then break. And oh, yeah. oh, he's a stunning footballer. If only he was real, we'd be having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how you um, always get those players, though, isn't it? It's like they seem to just 
you kind of ignore their attributes because what you're seeing in the match engine is literally they should do with everything. We've got this DM as well, and it's just like Segundo Volante, just everything, just everything mm. that you want. And you look at his mm. attributes, it's like he probably shouldn't be performing to this level. So let's just ignore the attributes. He's great. He's great. <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting point as well, Aaron. And Steve, I'm going to come to you on this bit mm. first. Now, we're talking here about a, a Segundo Volante, for example. Now, and players' attributes looking, we've mentioned this eyeball test of looking at these players and yeah. going, oh, they look like such and such. Now, in your philosophy, in Steve, in producer Steve mm. Ball or Hanky Ball or whatever it is we're going we're gonna to call it, right? Do you have roles and, and, and positions for players that you go, they are non-negotiables. Now, whether or not my players can, can play <laughs> that role or not is irrelevant. Steve Ball needs a Segundo Volante. Steve mm. Ball needs a deep-line playmaker. Steve Ball needs a wide centre-back. But So you're having to train these players that you've already got to. Oh, look, I know you don't think you can play this role right now, but trust me, you will. I, I'm torn between being context-dependent, which you will go into in a second, and saying, you know, if you don't like these principles, I do have others. Um, you know, that's yeah, yeah. that line. <laughs> but part of Hearts, dream scenario, definitely. And the best example I can think of, actually, is when I started on the Fiorentina save, we had Lucas Torreira as a ball-winning midfielder incredible in that mm-hmm. position would just help us out massively defensively and when we were a team that had finished 13th in Serie A the previous season we were look and finished fifth that was overachieving an absolute fulcrum I was going to say anchor but anchor is obviously a position and I didn't mean anchor but yeah. <laughs> fulcrum, crucial part of making that formation work to the point that when we lost him because we couldn't afford the transfer fee at the time big problem however I wanted to move on the technical level of the team. And I bought, brought in uh, Ivan Illich, Yari Vasharan, and Mohamed Kudus, who, by the way, Bryson mm-hmm. getting him in real life is, oh, they just do it yeah, so same. well. Yeah. <laughs> so I basically transferred, transformed the three-man midfield and I brought in Ivan Illich to play deep line playmaker because Lucas Torreira just couldn't. And mm-hmm. um, so that's probably the best example. My forward position has does vary depending on context from deep line forward to advance forward to sometimes two forwards as well. I do tend to, um, there's a couple of promising wingers that I have bought, but because I tend to invert mm-hmm. both of my forwards, whether that's inverted winger or a inverted forward, inside forward, sorry. They generally do the, the run from out to in rather than tug it, hugging the touchline. Unless I fancy for 20 minutes, giving that a go, giving a bit of width down the <laughs> um, right hand mm-hmm. side, you know, liking multiple tools to try and win a game. So there have been, but the fundamental point is it's changing on the context. So, you know, if we were talking off air before we recorded this about club vision and about the board's expectations. Mm -hmm. So where Fiorentina was, as an example, you, you, you kind of want to go for the results. So I was playing, you know, and Lucas Torreira, as an example, was like four and a half stars playing as a ball-winning midfielder in that position. So I was like, for where we are now, I'll play to the strengths of that individual because I want to get the results. I want to win. Mm-hmm. That worked. Get Champions League money, get better players. Then things do shift because I'm looking at my club vision right now. <laughs> club culture says play entertaining football and you've got your importance, the status, etc. Importance pre- preferred. Ongoing work within wage budget importance required. <laughs> so you know, um, again, end of the current season, Champions League. Um, sorry, challenging for the Serie A, importance required. 
uh, reach the quarterfinals, Champions League, importance required. So increasingly, uh, win the Serie A next season, I've only just noticed. Well, it's also working within the wage budget and trying to out-compete, you know. So you're starting to paint a picture mm. of um, seeing where playing entertaining football starts to drop down your priorities in terms of what your philosophy is. Yeah, yeah. Hence working on my set yeah, pieces, we... hence trying to score from set pieces and having a target for it. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've got an interesting bit at, at, at Leeds at the minute where the board are wanting us to be defensively solid, which normally works for me. I'm loving that. But the fans want free-flowing, exciting football. So thankfully, <laughs> TJ Ball is quite free-flowing and exciting. And we'll get we'll get we'll get into the actual tactical specifics probably in next week's show. Yeah. I think we'll start talking about what this philosophy looks like on yeah. the on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of the roles and, and, and how we can get all this to work. Yeah. Um what I'm going to ask, though, Aaron, at this point for you is is because you you and I, we've spoken about this a lot, and yeah. this, is, this is the idea of DNA, isn't it? And building yeah. your team with a specific DNA in mind. Like, for me, my DNA of any save, any save at all, relative to the league that we're in, the players have to be, they have to have good work rate, they have to have good teamwork, they have to have good determination, and they've yeah. got to be fit, okay? Now, that's the minimum standard I require. If those players can't match those four attributes, then they're not good for me at all, right? I want players who can just run all day and we we will will outrun teams, like, if we have to, because ability only gets you... Ability is great, but hard work is so much better, right? Yeah, yeah. That's for me. That's what I want. So that probably goes back to my agricultural roots, okay? Um, (laughs) Aaron, um, what's, what's what's your DNA? If I'm totally honest, I I do feel it depends on the save. So we had a save at uh, the AFC Wimbledon where it was those sorts of attributes where we really focused on it and it was making sure the team can continue to press, but press throughout the game. So it was determination, stamina, work rate, teamwork, concentration. I found oh, massively underappreciated in FM. I'm just sitting there, why are we conceding so many late goals? And then I go to my uh, comparison screen. So the comparison screen, squad planner on the left-hand side, Go to report once you reach the squad planner screen and in comparison. And this is where I noticed, actually, my concentration level compared to the rest in the league was shocking, which then mm. explains why we can press well for about 70 minutes and it starts to drop off, but the drop off is, is very noticeable. So that's why I focus on concentration. But now I'm in Romania and again, I went to the same comparison screen and again, I thought, hold on, this league is fairly slow. We could take advantage here. So now... It's like, okay, everyone has to have a bit of pace to them. Pace and determination. And I notice, even if my players don't necessarily have that work rate, if they're still pressing high up, they can get to the ball or they can really pressure our fullback because my guy's faster than the fullback, is more agile. So just naturally, he can just get about quicker than the fullback would or just the opposition's defenders. So that's what we're doing at the moment. And those long balls over the top. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's funny when he's, when he's fast and he's got no first touch and the ball bounces right off of him. It's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But at the same time, it's still sometimes you can get that opening. He might lose the ball, but then again, I noticed that the second wave of attackers, those speedy guys coming in again, just winning the second ball and then we can keep the attack on that way. So Football Manager is a very fluid game. I'm starting to notice that myself, even though I knew this before, but it can always continue to surprise you. And at the moment, I'm at that point where I was like, oh, what we've got is nice. Speedy players. And that's how we're going to dominate the league. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speed is king, especially in the lower leagues as well. A bit of speed, yeah. a bit of power. You're all right. Um, but that's the lower leagues. That's the lower leagues. Steve, mm. what about elite level talents? I mean, you know, 
here we are saying these are the must-haves, the key must-haves. But what about if you've got elite players? I mean, does that <laughs> can you just go? Ah, well, he's a good player, isn't he? Like, yeah. can you be a little bit more like? Leaning I think especially, that? you know, like when it, Berbatov, for example, you know, is... and I think this again depends on the context in which you're operating him, right? You know, so if you're doing the sort of save where you buy, you know, Wonder Kid talent from probably South America or apparently yeah. Serbia, we discussed previously, and you get them in mm. for two and a half mil, and they're not necessarily there's a line, isn't there? Really, <laughs> if you're getting a player in that's you, you don't necessarily play with a big centre forward and they are yeah. a big centre forward. How much do you, you know, what, because on the, on the one hand, you're going to get someone who's 30 foot, 40 goals. That's going to get you up the table, the results you wouldn't have without them. Otherwise you sell yeah. them for 80 million pounds for the sake of argument. The question does then become, how do you then, if you've built your team around one elite individual, what on earth do you yeah. do? when that in individual then goes, because it's not as simple as overnight trying to change a system. You know, the game is built can't, to have cohesion. Like light, can you? No, yeah. exactly. So it is a bit of a, mm. but then equally there's elements to which if that elite individual talent progresses you up the, into, into the champions league, you know, into that sort of football and the money you get from that, you can then maybe use that money to, um, Take you take you back towards the philosophy that you wanted to. So, a case in point from uh, guess which say Fiorentina. Um, there was a summer that we had <laughs> uh, early, right early on. There was a summer that we had where we sold Bartolomeu Dragowski for I think it was seventy million to Bayern, and then about a week later sold Dusan Vlajevic for ninety million to Liverpool, and then. Incidentally, Jeremy Boga for 17 million because of the release clause. But there you go. So anyway, the it meant that we had like a hundred. This is terrible maths. I'm just off the top of my head, but something stupid like 150, 160 million pounds. But equally, that the spine had been ripped out of the team. So yeah, as we were talk, touching on transfers, I and 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 you you know we want to talk about how you do these philosophies on a journeyman save or, or long term saves. On the long-term save, that transfer window allowed me to go back to a more technically-based route. So I replaced Dragowski with Mike Mannion, established experienced keeper, 15 million quid absolute bargain. Replaced Vlajevic with Duven Zapata, again, 15 million, unbelievable bargain, they experienced players. And then spent yeah. about, I think it was uh, 60 to 70 million in total to buy Ivan Elic, Mohamed Kudus and Yeri Vasharin completely replaced my midfield, raised the technical level of that midfield to fundamentally yeah, get yeah. towards playing the football I wanted to play. So again, it depends yeah. on the sort of save, how far along, when it comes to philosophy, when it comes to long-term vision, you do need to think about the type of save you're going to have. And I'd actually argue that a longer-term save means that you can really embed the philosophy that you do want to play over yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think, and again, that is... That has absolutely got to be an episode in the future, isn't it? Like the, the evolution of your philosophy mm -hmm. and, 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 and you know, the idea of, as you say, you have to just sell those players and reinvest that money. Whether you want to sell that player or not, you know for the greater <laughs> good, you sell a big player. Can you get like for like? Or do you, as you do there, Steve, rebuild your entire midfield with the money you, you'd had for your centre forward? So yeah. that's absolutely a, a great talking point yeah. uh, going forward and one that we will do in the future
just a quick one just while this episode's on i hope you're enjoying it by the way and if you are enjoying it please consider hitting that like button that'd be much appreciated it shows us who's enjoying the episodes and also while you're there why not consider hitting the subscribe button as well you'll find out exactly when all the new episodes drop so you'll never miss a beat that of course pushes us up through the youtube algorithm it gets us in front of more eyes and of course the more the podcast grows the better it's gonna be there's also a little space for a comment so leave us a comment we love reading them and we will of course get back to you as well and speaking about getting back let's get back to the episode now as always you know we we haven't covered everything with uh, with philosophy but if you've got any questions or, or any comments to make on how you instill a philosophy uh, at your club then of course do get in touch which of course brings us nicely to the mailbag time now steve mm. as we've pointed out before you are in charge of said mailbag and <laughs> in this mailbag we found our first fm confessional of the season now would you like to explain what an fm confessional is for our newer listeners yes so this is a feature that was uh first found in in, in, our, in our previous parish my son and there are things we can do in the game sometimes it's a, it's, it's a it's a rage inducing stress inducing sometimes game it can make us do things that we in, in the once the fog of football <laughs> manager war <laughs> we can reflect on and not be proud of ourselves you might say we can commit <laughs> commit sins <laughs> and there's only one place that you can go once you've committed a football manager sin and that is to the football manager confessional so you're most welcome here my son and any sins whether it's a scum save whether it's the worst one we had of a previous era was a friend playing Real Madrid and Barcelona with their friend online in the same room and they were losing their friend went to the toilet this person renamed players in the save like Javier Saviola as was with youth players and so their friend couldn't understand what was going on that was bad <laughs> that's, that's bad. a bad one and it's illustrative but they came and they sought forgiveness and you can do the same listeners viewers you can do the same salvation absolution is is here so our first confessant i think that's right might not be first mm-hmm. person to enter the fn confessional of this new era is watoza who sent their missive in to the discord and watoza writes that's <laughs> <laughs> the first line that got he's, me as he's well fully, he's, he's fully committed fully committed fully committed, <laughs> fully committed. <laughs> Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. <laughs> That's okay. That's a- I tried to hold it. I tried to hold it. I was waiting. That's okay, my son. <laughs> this is his first real FM save as well. Um, he didn't say how long it's been since his last confession, but we'll forgive him that particular thing because there are more to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my first real save, which I started in the dying days of FM22, I chose Sheffield Wednesday. As a Liverpool supporter... Um, I was then interested in the wider English football culture, getting into, you know, the Liverpool heydays, et cetera, and, re- and, and, and liking the history and realising that Sheffield Wednesday were a sort of fallen giant in terms of, um, you know, English football. Uh, we should say uh, Watoza is, is writing from the States, so he's learning about the history of English clubs via football manager, which I think is great as well. But anyway, back to his sins. Yeah. 
One thing that frustrated me was trying to understand registration rules, um, signings and the like, especially as an American, um, was the effects of Brexit. Unwilling to understand the nuances of such a complex policy, that is one way of describing... <laughs> this, isn't a, uh, yeah. this isn't a, you know, a foreign affairs <laughs> podcast, but... Uh, complex policy that well, is hasn't one he? way of describing <laughs> yeah. Brexit. Um, anyway, with Tozer downloaded a patch that removed Brexit from the game. Now, from there, I made some shrewd sales. The peak was selling off Barry Ballon d'Or Bannon, a favourite from the Community Challenge mm-hmm. of last season, and recruiting um, foreign players from Brazil, Argentina, um, which meant that Sheffield Wednesday repeated aforementioned history, what, winning the League Cup and the Championship, uh, sorry, as a Championship size, um, getting a, the team... All the way through a full championship season. Remember how long they are in the football league? Forty-six games, two cup yeah. runs, qualification, group stage of the Europa Conference League. Because obviously, winning the League Cup would get you into the Europa Conference League. That was one of our, if you remember correctly, the would have got, sort of, got you a, a, a gold or platinum. Very precious medal well. was that one. Had he yeah. done it with local players? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That might be a quartz medal. I can't, we were making them up. The rules were a shambles. That who knows? <laughs> Palladium. <laughs> Uh, what's Wolverine's one? Adamantium. There you go. Yeah. Um, sadly, that story they lost to Antwerp in the second rocket, uh, knockout round. Anyway, since that particular save, which is where the first sin began, there's some potential, you know, salvation or um, mediation if they'd have stopped there. However, Batosa did not. On FN23, stuck with. Actually, Batosa has possibly possibly already start to absolve themselves of their sins because since the say mm-hmm. they move, moved on to fn23 accepted brexit which many of us in the uk have <laughs> not actually so we've done more than, than others <laughs> with um and the sort of slightly relaxed english point system for non-english trained players but as someone who wants to truly experience success in the game I must confess how my greatest achievement came to be built on a bed of Brexit removed lies. Lies. <laughs> Absolute lies. And you saw Barry Bannon. <laughs> that's, that's the bit I take exception with. That's two wrongs. Yes. <laughs> so the question now becomes, as 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 list, pre, listeners to the pod more historically will know, of what Watoza's penance is. Mm. So he doesn't specify which save that he is on on FN23. Um, but I, so I, 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 you know, sometimes he knows he's done wrong. He's acted differently in the future on future saves. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you could argue what maybe fundamentally, if you, whether you like the rules or not, if you choose to play the game, you have to follow them. And, you know, the fact that you wrote in, Matosi, you wrote in. So you know, you know this is wrong. <laughs> so registration rules that he overcame, I think will have to be retrospectively reinstated on his current save. So he's going to have to limit himself to players that he would have been able to, that, that are English, mm-hmm. that are fine, 
in terms of registration rules as a penance for the players in the past that he got where he shouldn't have been able to get. Two players. I'm going to go for English players, however many of them you have in the squad, ability-wise, your middle, mid-ranking best English player, and your... Which way am I going to go? Am I going to go up or down? And your... Lower quarter. Oh, okay. For the audio listeners at this point, both myself and Aaron were pointing skywards. We wanted, we wanted top-ranking players. Uh, yeah, you can't just, just decide, you know, to, to flound political policy yeah. and go, right, I don't like the rules, so there. Um, yeah. Okay, well, unfortunately, oh. with Toza, this is a democracy. <laughs> and, and I have been outvoted. Therefore, you are going to have to, for a season, for a season, you cannot use your best English player and your mid-ranking English player. Okay? Punish, punishment fits the crime. Yeah. yeah there you go. Those are, that is your penance. Um, and after a season, you can have them back. Or if you decide you can't have them for a year, it's better to sell them. Do what you will. But that is your penance. Do let us know how that has gone, who that was, what the consequences were. But to be clear, two English players you cannot use for a season, your best English player. And let's say you have 20 in your squad, your 10th English player as well. Those two players you can't use, whichever one fits in the middle, if it's 16, your eighth best player. Can't use for season. Do what you will with them for that. But that is your penance. That is... Maybe this is why people... This has been the first confession we've had for a while because, I, you know, I get vengeful. <laughs> sort of, you know. Oh, to, to, be, to be fair, Steve, you were airing... You were being being nice. It was myself and Aaron that were like, punish him, punish That's him. True. Yeah. That's true. That's like, yeah. you know, true. It's because Aaron, what's done it for me is getting into Europe. That is yeah, way too massive exactly. for me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. the irony of it exactly. as well <laughs> getting into Europe by erasing Brexit from that particular universe <laughs> yeah yeah what you should do all of your European games should only be played in Grimsby there you go that's the, all matches should be <laughs> sure there's a mod for that yeah like well, anyway, oh, yeah, no, I was going to say Aaron, Aaron's Aaron's busy releasing his goalkeeper because he conceded a goal. Like I think we have to be looking to to punish. So, um, so yes, we're told that your punishment your punishment has been served. Um, appreciate you, of course, getting in touch. Um, yes. And what I was going to say as well, Steve, last week we had a we had a whamathon with uh, with puns. I think yep. for this for the FM confession, we should play. Um, obviously, we can't for copyright reasons, but uh, we should play. <laughs> it's a sin by the Pet Shop Boys. So there you go. <laughs> Yes. And speaking of which, from Confessions to Concertos, uh, Matthew Lester, who is one of our patrons, sent us a post on Twitter uh, that says, I've been managing Southport FC on Football Manager, and I keep singing. Now, Steve, you might have to help me mm. out on this one. Uh, we're going to rock down to Hague Avenue so... to the tune of Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. So we're going to rock down to... Hague Avenue. There's a there's a missing beat, like it's um syllable syllable yeah. in the thing. But you take a pause and it works. Yeah, but it's fine. It's mm. fine. And 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 Matthew also says he feels that this should be the tune that the teams run out to. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I get it. He's tagged everybody in it as well. So hopefully, hopefully that will be a 
that'll be yeah, a thing. Southport. So, um, so, so just sorry, Tony. So, yeah, so, so Hague Avenue, obviously Avenue is the mm. name of the ground, hence why Electric Avenue came up in his head. Yeah. Um, also known yeah. as IRL, the big help stadium <laughs> for the 2023 <laughs> <laughs> Um, due to a sponsorship, <laughs> sponsorship deal, I imagine. So that's Southport in Merseyside. Big help. Wow. We also heard uh, from Musterman, who makes incredible skins for Football Manager. I once reworded Cycle Killer to be about Sassuolo in FM22. Was so proud of myself. Nobody, and I mean nobody, enjoyed it. So he's going to sing this one. <laughs> so that was, I think it's going to be Steve again. Let me just get the lyrics up again. Where are we going? So it's Sassuolo. Is that Sassuolo? Qu'est-ce Yeah? Again, one for the kids. That. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. If anyone, if there's any talking heads fans in, <laughs> do get in touch. <laughs> If you're a talking heads fan, you have heard of the uh, internet. Uh, then, yeah. Then <laughs> also, also, that didn't sound so much like didn't sound so much like a like a chant, more like a sort of um, you know how you teach yourself a foreign language audio book. It sounded like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There we go. Anyway, I think as Masterman said, there are three people who have been added to that list of nobody enjoying it. So there we go. On the money. <laughs> <laughs> on the money right um if you wish to um correspond with us in in, in the same way that uh, that matthew has done in the same way that Watoz has done uh feel free to uh contact us via social media which is the fm show pod on twitter tiktok instagram facebook youtube and of course the discord server as well or those longer correspondents send us an email at the FM Show Pod, that is the FM Show Pod at gmail.com. And of course, remember to subscribe to the podcast, The FM Show, wherever you get your podcasts. That was episode four of The FM Show, hosted by myself, Tony Jameson. My co host was Aaron Falloon, aka RDF Tactics. Our producer is producer Steve. We will see you all next time.